listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. We're so excited y'all are here tonight. We're so excited about what God's doing in his kingdom and with his church. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn over to John chapter 18, verse 37. I'm reading out of a translation called the Darby Translation. You know, um, we took time to last week to kind of talk about this highest authority. And um, I'm not going to go back through it, but it's had the most views. It's crazy how many people have watched that video, which is great. I'm glad they are, but they need to follow on because there's more to say than just that. Okay, And so I want to talk about authority tonight because it's very important to know your authority. All right? Um, Too often religion has taken a truth of God and then stopped. We've said it here a lot of times that, in essence, the cross, and I'm going to pretend this is the cross, the cross of Jesus is the door into the kingdom. You cannot be in God's kingdom without the cross. What does that mean? Jesus died on the cross, right? He shed his blood. He took on our sin. He became our, um, he became the sacrifice for all of our disobedience. He had to die. He goes to the grave. Then on the third day, we'll celebrate it Sunday, he was resurrected. I said he was resurrected. Amen. And he's alive forevermore. He took that blood and he poured it out on the mercy seat in heaven and it pays the price for all sin. Hallelujah. So that's taking place. So in order for us to be born again, we must acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross. We must believe or acknowledge that we are helpless. We are sinners. We are separated from God. We cannot get to him on our own merits. We cannot work it out. You know, we are not able. Right? We're miserable people without God. No matter what air we put on, we are deficient. But the cross made a way, and it bridged the gap. You know, if you get the little tracks, remember, the cross bridges the gap between the world that's in sin and then God, and the, and the uh, cross bridges it so man from the world can come over to God. Amen? Have a relationship. Well, what happens is, is most people say, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, and I'm asking him to come into my heart and save me. I make him Lord of my life. I want, when I die, I want to go to heaven. I want to be with the Lord. I want to be born again. So they get on, they come through the door. All right, I came through the door. But then they stay at the door. They hug the door. They kiss the door. They stare at the door. Now you're in the house. Just do this when you go home today. Go in and just stand at the door. Seriously. Now, just keep standing there. Because when you got to go to the bathroom, don't leave. (laughs) What I'm saying is you can get in the house and have a need, but not have the need met because you get stuck at a door that the kingdom has a bathroom for you. But unless you go seek it, then you're not going to have the benefit of it. And then keep standing there so when you soil your pants, right, and in your stomach because you're hungry, Are you with me? Now listen, anyone in the kingdom can, who knows it, can go to the bathroom and say, you're not coming or I'll bring you a, a, you know, something. (laughs) Well, they help you take care of this issue so you don't mess on yourself. But God never intended for someone to go search it 
for you to bring it back to you. You hungry? I'll go to the kitchen. Because really, if you just leave the door, man, you come to the kitchen with me. Well, I'm not worthy. I'm just happy to get in the door. Well, you're right. You weren't worthy, but you've been now made worthy. So you got to change your thinking. Right? we got to change our thinking. God never asks us to come in the house and then stand at the door and be so ashamed that we're in the house. Because when you came through the door, the old self stayed outside. The nature that wants to do sin isn't invited in the house. It stays outside. It's dead. But you become a new creature in Christ. You're born again. And now God in his kingdom here is saying, hey, listen, I'll, I'll help you understand your house. I'll train you, teach you, and show you all that's available. But if you're like, yeah, but I, look at me. Look, look how I was. I don't even deserve to be in here. I'm looking out the window, you know, in my door. My life's a, yes, I know, but let's forget what lies behind. And now let's press on to what God has for you in the kingdom of God. Amen. So we need to understand authority because God's actually given us some. Amen. Amen. This is completely extra. I got a lot of parents in here. Again, <laughs> you'll sit down on the couch, right? And you'll say, hey, I'm thirsty. And you'll tell one of your kids, go get me some water. Now, what did you just do? You just authorized them to physically go into the kitchen, open the refrigerator, grab that bottle of water, and bring it back to you, and you didn't even leave the couch. Are you with me? Your child would come to you and say, man, I, I, I want a snack. What are they asking for? Permission. Right? And they're waiting for the authority to say, you can't. Now, they don't need the authority. I'll get it for you. My gosh, I just sat down. I'll get you this snack. Okay. Because here's your snacks. And I'm thirsty. Okay. I'll get you something to drink. My gosh. Here's the drink. Okay. Man, I need to use a potty. You hear what I'm saying? We're like running Jesus all over the house or thinking, if Jesus don't run through the house for us, we can't have nothing. When Jesus say, well, go get it. Right? Now, I get it. It happens. This is how it is with us. I'm the child in the house. Jesus on the couch, right? He's paying attention to all the things that's going on. And I'm like, King Jesus, can I have a snack? He said, yeah, go on in the kitchen and get it. And this happens with us. I can go into the kitchen. So I go into the kitchen and I'm looking for my snack, but I don't know exactly where it's at. So what do you do? Hey, where's that snack? Brownie. Let's just get specific. Where's the brownie at, Jesus? It's in the third cupboard. Sometimes people get in there, they're in a direction with God, but they don't communicate back with him, and he'll give you more specifics. He's not obligated to tell you. Now, listen, when you go into the kitchen, you're going to go to the third cabinet because that's where the brownie is. He can just say, well, it's in the kitchen. Go get it. Okay, you did. And then you realize, I don't really know where it is now that I'm in the right place. So I keep talking, but he don't have to get up. That's what I'm saying. And God is not getting up off the throne to come down here. No, he put his spirit in you so he could talk to you. And it's better than a cell phone. It's better than Zoom meetings. It's better than FaceTime. It's better than online because it's within you. You never get a connection cut off. You never get a drop call. You never get any of it. You can talk to him. Hallelujah. So 
There's some authority we need to operate in. We need to understand Jesus is king. Jesus is not president, prime minister. Jesus wasn't voted in, so you're not voting him out. But he holds all authority. John chapter 18, verse 37, the Darby translation says, Pilate therefore said to him, then thou art the king. Jesus said, thou sayest it, that I am a king. I have been born for this, and for this I've come into the world, that I might bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Man, don't you want to hear the voice of the king? Amen, because he is the final authority. His word is forever settled. We're going to see here in a minute. We see in Ecclesiastes 8, 4, it says where the word of the king is, there is power. Say power. power. Now, one translation says that it's authoritative, which means when we say power, it's not like Jesus is like, because we tend to think Jesus is so powerful, like he's like super strength stuff, when really his power is contained within the authority of his word. Now, it does do supernatural things, don't get me wrong, but the reality is it's more important to know the authority of his power than just that he can break a rock, heal a sick, or whatever the case may be. Are you with me? So, where the word of the king is, there's power, and Jesus says, I am a king. I'm a king. And it's been spoken all through the scripture. The king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. And he's coming whether you want him to come or not. He's coming whether you agree that he even exists or not. And everyone, everyone from Adam until the last spirit arrives in a child will bow before Jesus. Period. He's king. I mean, do you believe that? Do you truly believe Jesus is king? Now listen, you got to get a hold of this because if you look at Jesus through uh, our type of government, you know, you'll vote him out of your life in situations. You'll say he's not doing a good job. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you view it through, oh, he's going to tell me what to do and don't understand his nature's love. And anything he says to you is for your benefit. Amen. He loves you. He loves you. And the way sometimes we preach about God, you would think he was a horrible parent, a terrible dad. But, you know, we give him props because he's God. How are we going to complain about that? Right? Well, his ways are higher than our ways according to the old covenant. But in the new covenant, Paul said, we can have the mind of Christ. And he did more. He said, look, I don't want it to be a mystery. I want you to seek me and I'll reveal the thing is, is that as believers, a lot of times we just don't want to know. We don't want to know. Because the minute you know, now you're responsible for it. And then you'll realize, well, I got to do something. Do you know you had to do something to get born again? I understand. Jesus did it all. It is finished. I get that. But you don't get it unless you do something. You don't get to be born again unless you do your part. God does not make you born again. God gives you eternal life or the new birth experience at the confession of your faith. And you pulled the supernatural into you. That's already done. But you did it. And if you have to do it with being a child of God, you're going to have to do it with being and do with power. You're going to have to do it with prosperity or provision to do whatever God's called you to do. You're going to have to do it with health and healing. 
mean, ultimately, that's what God wants. Now, he can use his other children to provide certain things for you while you're young or while you're growing. This is what moms do for children all the time. But ultimately, God wants us to grow up and all of us begin to walk in the authority that we have. Are you with me? So we know he has authority because he's a king. First of all, Jesus is a king. And that is not a religious position. It's not religious, guys. It is a government. Isaiah was right on in chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, when he said, a child will be born, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are you with me? You only get into this nation. It's a holy one. You only get into this nation by being born of it. And you're born of it when you confess Jesus as your Lord. Amen? Okay, so as long as we're square. Now that we know Jesus is king, he's the head of the government, we also need to know he has the highest authority. We talked about it last week, but let me show you a few verses again. In uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. I mean, it ain't like he could find someone saying, Now we're going to make a covenant. Let me go find the judge so they can ratify it. Oh, I am the judge. There's no one higher than him. I said there's no one higher. And this shouldn't be hard for believers to grasp, especially in the United States, because we have a thing called the Supreme Court. We can go to court here locally, and if that don't work out like we believe that it should have according to law because something happened, we can do what? An appeal. And we can appeal it all the way to the what? The highest court of the land called the Supreme Court. Are you with me? Well, you know, there's a court higher than that. And that court has God the Father on it, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they're taking records now. They have books. They're writing. They're inscribing. Are you with me? They're going to try all humanity. Yeah, that's going to happen. It is the highest court. They have the final say. Are you with me? Okay, Psalms uh, 138, verse 2. I will worship uh, towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word, your word, above all your name. That's power. Now, what does that mean? This is a powerful thought. And you got to get this because this is where religion jumps in and makes the things of God confusing. God can do anything he wants to do. No, he cannot. God will only do what he said. This is why if we understood that, then Jesus coming becomes so obvious. Because God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let him, them have dominion on the earth. Let man do it. Because again, why God, if God can do whatever he wants to do, why didn't he send a monkey to redeem us? Why didn't he send an elephant? Why didn't he send an angel? Why didn't he go down there and slap uh, that fruit out of Adam's hand and say, don't you do that? Because Adam had the authority and God was not going to violate the authority he gave him. He was bound to his word. Doesn't matter, he's God. What matters is what God said. Now God says a man lost dominion. Guess what? A man's going to have to get it back. So I'm going to have to go get in a man's suit. That's why it's so much more powerful when Jesus says, not that he's the son of God as much as he is the son of man. Because when Jesus 
goes on the cross, goes to the grave, and he is killed off the planet. An innocent man never sinned. He had the right to raise himself back up, appeal to a higher court, and take the dominion back for man. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So God just can't jump in and do. So when people say, well, God can do whatever he wants to, he can only do what he has said in his word. And he will not violate that. Well, God could do whatever he wants to do. You know, and they'll throw a little scenario. And if you don't know the word, then you'll say, yep, you're right. He's all powerful. Like he's a schizophrenic, you know, like he's bipolar or something. God's not bipolar. I'm not belittling people who deal with that. What I'm saying is he has no condition that makes him tossed here or there, that controls his life, that he can just one day be mean, the next day be nice, and there's nothing we can do about it. He's not a tyrant. He is the epitome of love and life. And out of him flows life. Wow. But he will judge. And he will sentence. The same king. Why? Because he rules. And he has the highest authority. And his word is above. So whatever the king says, this is why faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God because he's the highest authority. So important for us to get this. He goes on and says in John 1, 1, are you ready? Because he lifts his word even above his own name. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word what? was God. <laughs> Amen. Verse 14, you know it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. He had grace and truth. That's who he was. That's, and, and who is this um, word become flesh? What do we call him? Jesus. His name's Jesus. Do you understand? He was the word long before he was ever named Jesus. Okay. And God exalts that name. Well, Jesus or the word has authority then. Look what it says in Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all. How much? All. Come on, how much? All. Come on, how much? All. Now, is God a man that he shall lie? And who's talking? Jesus. Jesus. And who's Jesus? He's the word. And who's the word? He's God. So God's talking. God the son, Jesus. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all. Authority has been what? Given to me in heaven. And. Woo! Come on. I mean, you. this would make you want to just jump out of your skin if you could get this. If we could really see. Listen, God doesn't just have authority in heaven. Man, I got authority. You know what my authority is? Because you came to the door and you walked in the door and you asked me to come into your life. I have the authority to take you out of the earth and bring you to heaven. And when you die, you get to come here. That's the authority I possess. No, he has not only authority in heaven, but guess where else? On the earth. So I'm telling you, as a believer, man, when I started seeing, I thought to myself, there's more to Jesus than going to heaven. I mean, salvation is way bigger than I thought or was taught. That faith in Jesus for my sins was only one thing that I had a right to. Wow. And then to realize that Jesus, who's seated on the throne, 
can dictate what happens here. Now, that doesn't mean, because again, I get it. Here's people. Well, he's sovereign. He's supreme. Well, God's in control of everything. He's only in control of his word because there's still a devil on the planet. And he still has authority in his realm. And there are plenty who follow and get what he has. And it's not that God can't. God, it's not that God doesn't have the power to help people. It's that they're not believing him at his final word for the power to show up. Well, why didn't God save them? God will not override their will if they will not conform to his word. If they want the authority of the devil, they'll get it. If you want the authority of Jesus, you'll have it. We choose. Now, this is very unpopular preaching. I understand that because that means we're responsible. But show me anyone who truly, who truly believes that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave doesn't preach responsibility to be born again by you making the confession. That is an act of responsibility. And it's like the minute you do it, we all of a sudden now have no responsibility. I mean, none of my children, when I gave birth to them, walked in the house with no responsibility. I was like, there's some responsibility coming. You just don't know it yet. Responsibility to take out the trash. Responsibility to wash these dishes. Responsibility to take my plate and move it over here. Wow, you're a tyrant. No, I'm showing them that there's a thing called responsibility. Because you understand, if you don't want the devil to run you ragged, you better take the responsibility and find out what the highest authority says about your life. Are you with me? So, Jesus has authority and he will do whatever uh, he said he would do, but it requires you to believe. Because again, listen, see, we, we need to take these thoughts further. If Jesus can do whatever he wants to do and God's in control, then there's no way, because we know his desires that no one perish, he would just make us all get born again. But yet we apply that same principle. Well, if he wanted us healed, he'd just make us get healed. Well, if he wanted us, you know, to have more than enough, he'd just make it happen. Well, he didn't make it happen for you to get born again. He provided the way, but it required your faith. Why, did, why is God letting people, letting little babies die? He's not. The devil's killing them. Right? And how many people hadn't answered the call to go into that nation? And how many people that was raised up to have a successful business to actually go in there didn't do it because they decided to do their vacation instead? I mean, I, I can't answer all those questions. I'm just saying God requires us because he gave man authority. And Jesus said, all authority is mine. In heaven and where? Wow. So I want to know what authority he has here so that I can walk in it. Right? Psalms 89, 27 says this. Also, I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. Well, who else are kings on the earth? We are, because he's the king of? This is very powerful. Come on, this is very powerful. Amen. Now, the problem is, is that we're so conditioned to see ourselves as a low life. That we've blown it. We're no good. You know, we're just sorry sinners. Well, we were. But Jesus made a way. And then we took responsibility for our lives and say, we can't do it. So we're confessing you to be Lord, supreme in authority. We're coming under your kingship. Yes. 
Now, the minute we did that, God says, guess what? I'm going to make you a king like me. And what you is you follow me. And when you follow me, then you'll follow my word. And when you follow my word, then you'll have the authority that I have. And not only do I have authority there, I have it down here. That's why Jesus says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Why? Because the authority that sits here is right here. But if we're not operating, it's not God's fault. You know this every time you go over the speed limit. Is there a law? And if the police officer's not around, the power to, and authority to stop you doesn't occur. But does it still exist? Yes, it does. Absolutely. It sure does. So you could be driving normal. Somebody's blowing past you. are like, man, they, they should. You can't run them down. <laughs> right? What I'm saying is authority is in the earth, but you have to access it. We have to access it. Luke chapter 1, verse 32 to 33 says this. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. And Jesus is going to return. And not only will he rule in Jerusalem, but he'll rule the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you say, well, that ain't fair. He made the planet. It is fair. That's like you leaving your, don't leave it. Leave it locked. And somebody breaks into your house. When you go home, they broke it into your house. They brought all their friends and family. They're eating stuff and they're sitting around your house. And you're like, what are you doing here? Well, we're here now. And they beat you up and throw you out. That's what they did to the prophets. That's what Adam did to God. God says, okay. So you understand, when you go and say, no, I have authority. So you bring back the police. You bring back the papers. You bring back the legal documents. And you prove them. What do you do? You have to run them out. But you're not going to do it just because I show you. You're going to have to have some kind of power or authority to demonstrate. So when God comes back, he's only demonstrating You're in my planet. I created it. This was how I expected it to be. And if you're not going to be this, then I'm going to remove you. But he wants you in the house. All you got to do is believe. See, Jesus' authority was actually recognized. It was recognized by nature. I'm just going to quote some scripture. You have to write them down and do some homework. You know who, uh, who recognized the authority of Jesus and obeyed it. Now, here's the thing with Jesus' authority for their... What's so crazy about this list I'm fixing to give you is they did not debate with him. The fig tree in Matthew 21, uh, 18 and 19, and in Mark chapter 11, 12 and 14, the fig tree, Jesus cursed it, said it would die, and it listened. It didn't resist. It could not. Winds and waves. Luke chapter 8, 22, and Mark chapter 4, 35, when he spoke to them, they listened. I said they listened. Do you know if God gave you the word to go out and tell the waves to stop in St. Augustine Beach, and you knew it was God's voice, and if you went out and believed, it would work for you as well? 
Now, you just can't go out there and say, I'm going to see if this works. In the name of Jesus. If Jesus didn't tell you to say it, you're just talking all by yourself. But he will let us talk to hurricanes. I said he will let us talk to hurricanes if we'll ask and say, what do you want to say? Because it ain't about us. What do you want us to do? Because you have the highest authority. And we want your authority to manifest in the earth. Okay? But they listen. You know, water turned to wine. Water did a chemical change at a word. What do you got? Just fill these pots up with water. You got it? Okay. Now go take it to the headmaster. And en route. Wow. It heard his voice and performed. Are you with me? And I could go uh, into other things like fish, hearing to go to a, get a couple coins and go find Peter's, you know, net or hook, one or the other. I mean, it happens. Like fish are dead and they'll say, oh, I'll keep multiplying till you're finished. Amen. They recognize his authority. The fish didn't say, don't you know I'm dead? I can't. I mean, this is all I got. Come on, please catch this with me. Please catch this with me. Because again, whatever Jesus said, he did. Whatever he said, he did. Well, you know what? Sickness, sickness recognizes Jesus' authority. He went to Peter's mother-in-law. She had a fever. In Luke chapter 1, verse 29, he said, he said Jesus rebuked the fever. Apparently, fevers have ears. And it listened. And immediately she got up and started serving. She didn't like recover for days. The man, a man had a withered hand in Matthew chapter 12. That sickness changed. His hand shifted and became normal at a word. The cells in his body performed. A paralyzed man in Luke chapter 5 hadn't walked. He said, get up and walk. And guess what? His bones and his muscles. I mean, you're talking someone who hadn't walked in a while. They would have, what's that word? Yeah, that word there. They would have that. That means they'd be all you know, legs skinnier mind, you know. I didn't even work out on mine, but you understand. They're all messed up, super skinny, because they ain't been working them. And muscles showed up. Now, I'm not saying they came out like Pastor Mike. I get that. I'm not saying they're like, Pfft. Bro, gee, look, look what Jesus did to my legs, you know, and they're posing. I'm not saying they grew in size. What I'm saying is they grew in strength, right? The, the bones were able to hold it. The veins, the blood started flowing. All the nerves kicked in. All that happened at a word, and it didn't resist. Didn't resist. You know what else? Who else recognized Jesus' authority? Demons. Yeah. The madman in Luke chapter 8 did not run. Oh, Jesus is here. Let's get out of here. Oh, get this. It ain't like, oh, Jesus is here. Let's scatter. When Jesus confronts the demonic realm, they run to him and fall down at his feet. They don't go flying out in the building. Oh, Jesus is here. Let's go scatter so he won't see us. Jesus is here. And they show up and drop at his feet and then ask questions. If he lets them talk. In fact, the one unclean spirit in Mark chapter 1, when he went into the church, the synagogue. Boy, there'd be some churches that couldn't handle some, some demon casting out. 
They'd be freaking out. It's going to get on me. It's going to get. It's not going to get on you unless you open the door for it. Right? But obviously you don't know your authority. Right? <laughs> I could tell stories, but I won't. I, I, I'm going to stay focused. Okay. I want to be lighthearted at times, but sometimes we just got to drive on because we need this truth. So here's the thing. This unclean spirit says, what business do we have with you, son of the most high? Have you come to torment us before our time? He says, shut up, come out. We ain't having this conversation in here. And it did. Now, it made some demonstrations in its going. Threw that body down. The guy started flopping all over the place. Right? Amen. Not everybody that falls and flops has a demon. Just to let you know that. Okay. Because sometimes when the anointing comes on you, you fall flat on your face. Your body don't know how to deal with that. But it is lying out. And again, if you fall and the anointing's on you, you better get up and walk straight. Right. What good is to have an anointing and you don't get your mind right? right. You don't act any different. Because then we know you're just flopping like a fish out of water on your own. Okay. So let's go on. Um, in James chapter 2, verse uh, 19. I love this one. I'm going to actually read this one to you. Uh, in James chapter uh, 2, verse 19, it says it this way. It says, you believe that there is one God. Do you believe there is one God? Yes. Come on, do you believe that? You know what? He says, you do well, James says. Say, I do well. Tell your neighbor, I do well. Yeah. Then he says this, even demons believe and tremble. So you think you're like a great Christian because you believe there's one God? He said, man, even the demons do that and tremble, which must mean there must be somebody that's believing there's one God but doesn't have reverential fear of the Lord. But demons know there's one and they'll bow down at him. Amen. I don't know why we decide we want to buck authority. Especially Jesus's. I'm not. Whatever you say, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because life. What did Peter say? Where are we going to go? You have words of life. Oh, my gosh. You have words of life. Now, again, I'm in a culture. Or what I'm saying, in a world that's rebelled against God, hates God, haters of God. So when I stand with God, they're going to hate me. Haters are going to hate what's going to happen. They're going to do it, right? But if we'll walk in love, they'll hate us more or they may be drawn to the Lord. Either way, they're going to have to see Jesus. Be better to see Jesus on this side with me than to see Jesus with me on the other side. I say this when I go to the prison ministry, you know. I say, now today, I am your defense attorney. I am here to get you out. I am here to set you free. I am here to lay down that the Lord Jesus Christ has paid the price for all your transgression, all your sin, all your penalty. And if you accept this payment today, you will be born again, changed. You will be a different person. You'll be set free. I will defend you today. But if you resist this today and you die without accepting Jesus Christ, your Lord, then in heaven, I'll become your prosecuting attorney and I will come back and God will show the day that I was here. And I told you about Jesus and told you about the payment and told you and how in your heart you resisted it. And I will be part of the evidence that goes against you when my Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you and cast you into the lake of fire. Now, you want me as your defense attorney because I'm a really good prosecuting attorney as well. I've never lost a case when I get to heaven. I'll never lose a case when I get to heaven. Now, as a defense attorney, I've lost some cases because they've not. 
but I, I will never lose a prosecuting case when he calls me up to evidence. Now, Pastor Earl, did you, go to the, did you go to that place? Yes, sir. Did you go on this day? Yes, sir, I did. Y'all like, that ain't going to happen in heaven. Have you not read the Bible? I mean, they're going to open up the books. We're going to go before the, they are going to go through the, the great white throne judgment. That's going to happen. And you're like, uh, you, I mean, we act like it's like quick or something, right? We go to heaven. It's like, poof, you're gone. Poof, you're out. You're gone. You're here. You're blessed. You're boom. You're out of here. You know, we're casting to your lake. They're opening up books. Doesn't say these speed reading. I mean, we are in no time. I mean, like God's in a row. He'd be like, next case. I mean, where are we going? Right? I mean, it's going to be like more than the O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, we're going to be like glued in. Like these trials, we just like, whoa, what's going on, man? Right? We're going to be like, ooh, look who's up. Ooh, ooh look who's Because the Bible tells us that some of the greatest people, we're going to be like, oh, look who's up. Mmm. That ain't going to be good for them. And you'll be like, oh, yeah. You know, I saw them once. Next thing you know, the Lord's going to say, hey, Pastor Earl, come on up here. Where were you at? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I was. Did you say, yes, sir, I said that? They're like, you didn't say that, you liar. Oh, we have video proof. I mean, it ain't like God can't just show your life in a moment right there, right? Amen. It's going to be exciting times. I said it's going to be exciting times, but what's not exciting about that, because this blew me away, I, 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 I never thought it this way until I read it. Someone said it, and I said, I can't believe that until I see it myself. Went and read it, and I was like, geez. It's the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is not on planet Earth. It is actually in heaven. And at the end, he said, he will give up the dead. Grave will give up the dead, which means they will leave the grave that they're in torment right now and actually go to the place and see exactly where they could have seen, been at times for a period before they're thrown into the lake of fire. It's not like they took them out of the pit, the grave, and what we call hell, right? Do you not understand? Hell's gods. It's not the devil's. The devil don't live in hell. The prison system is the Lord's. And it only exists because of rebellion. It's not like the devil's down in hell making plans. He's actually out here. He's the prince of the power of the air. All right, now there are some in the grave, some demons that are chained up. I don't want to get in that. I, I'm just saying it, there's a lot going on in the unseen that we don't know about, and it has to do with authorities. Okay, and Jesus has authority. So let's drive on. So demons recognizing. Satan recognized Jesus with authority. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. You know who else recognized authority? People did. People in the synagogue in Mark chapter 121 and in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, they recognize Jesus' authority. They said, man, he teaches like, not like the Pharisees, but like one that has authority. Authority can be seen, recognized. Now, many people call it arrogance. When they're unlearned, 
meaning they haven't been enlightened and they have maybe a religious posture and then all of a sudden someone comes out in the authority of Jesus and begins to know it's going to be this way. I remember a particular situation, I'm going to keep it real vague, that took place, uh, you know, life and death deal. And I went into the room and I said, let's pray. Because the ones that were in the room, they, didn't, they don't know what I know. Let's just put it that way. And what I mean by that, that it hasn't been revealed by the Spirit. I've sought it, and I've got, I, it works. Right? And I happen to have, have a spiritual authority at the time for that room. So I walked in that room, and I said, let's pray. And I said, in the name of Jesus, it will be like this. They will do this. This will take place. It will be like this. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, said amen. I took another person out, and I said, this is as real as it ever going to be. This ain't no wavering moment. This is where you better know that you know something. But I knew that I had it and that they didn't have to have it because God had given it to me. But I wouldn't be able to keep it forever. They would have to grow on their own. 20 minutes later, everything I said would take place. The, another person came in the room and quoted it verbatim that it was that way and all that took place. Now, you sit on the outside, you think I was arrogant. I wasn't. I was in the authority of the king. And I'm not going to let a devil in hell, not in hell, a devil, period, a demon, Satan himself, or people talk me out of the authority that the king just told me to say. And they, I mean, it turned out really great. Because any other way, it wouldn't have turned out that way. And let me tell you, sometimes you'll operate in authority of Jesus, and you're not going to get credit. But that's okay. You're not supposed to. But you'll know if God hadn't used you because you knew what you knew about authority. But it's recognizable. Pilate recognized Jesus' authority and also the chief priests and the elders of Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. Jesus has authority over the church. And he's given it to the church. So Ephesians 1, 20 to 22 says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above. Are you looking at this? Far above. Not just like right over. I'm talking far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. Where are the feet located? In the body. Under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the, to the church. Do you see this? So Jesus has the authority and he says, all the authority is mine. I'm the head of the church and I've given this authority. It runs all the way down to the, there's not a place in the body that doesn't have my authority. Which tells me if you're not operating in it, it's not because it's not available to you, but it's because we don't know we can exercise it. And it's not what you did. It's what he has done. Are you with me? My son moved up this little coffee thing upstairs, you know, brought from the house. And he goes, hey, you want one? Why? Because he's authorized. It's his. I said, yeah, I'll take one. So in essence, he's authorized me to be able to go make that cup of coffee. Right? Now, if I didn't know it was up there, I wouldn't be able to have that benefit. 
but because it's up there, and then he let me know that I could have that, then guess what? I can walk up in there at any time and make that. I don't even need him to be at work because I have his word on it. Oh, Jesus, come help me. Jesus like, I put my spirit in you. I've given you the word on this thing. Just operate in it. I don't have to get off the throne and come down and get that for you. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Okay, listen. Jesus has delegated us his authority. Delegate means to send or to appoint as a representative. John 14, 10. Man, this make you run and shout. Got only two more scriptures and we're done. Okay? He says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? Answer that. You believe that, right? Okay. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own, what? Authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Right? He says then in 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, Verse 12, verse 12, verse 12, most, verse 12, most assuredly, most assuredly, not like, I don't know, man. This is Jesus talking, most assuredly, I say to you, he, now any gender, that's humanity. He who believes in me. And what do you believe? His word. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Who will do them? He'll do them. Now, it's not you doing it without his authority. It's him saying, do it. Then you say, okay, I'll do it. And then it happens through you by his power. So again, this is a song that I've never heard it myself, but they printed it at summer camp and it says bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. Wonders with uh, wonders are still what you do. Now, it's about Jesus. You do these wonders. Yes, he does. But he does them how through you. So. If bodies are being raised on planet Earth, you better be doing the praying. If giants are still being slayed on the Earth, Jesus ain't coming off the throne to come help you. He has authorized it when he speaks to you by the Holy Ghost on the inside. And he says, say this to the um, giant, then you do it. And if a wonder of miracles happening on planet Earth is because Jesus sits on the throne, tells the Holy Spirit that's inside of you and says, do this. And when you act in obedience to do it, it will take place. Because he's delegated us authority. Wait a minute now. You're acting like we're gods. Well, you are a son of God. Now, you're not the son of God. That's Jesus. You're not God in the flesh, but you are a child of God. What did Romans 8? I please, get this. Change your mind, okay? It's okay. It's okay. It's really okay. I mean, it's better than okay. It's awesome. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We are created in the image of His likeness. We are royalty. We are God's DNA. 
We can hear his spirit and we can speak with his same authority. He doesn't even have to be on the planet. But he will pull the power from heaven into earth. Why? Because he's got authority in heaven and in earth. Last scripture is this. To do the works of Jesus, one must first submit to his word. This is why I love the centurion so much. Uh, Context, this, uh, this biblical account. It says, the centurion answered and said, Lord... I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. And you said, oh, Pastor, oh, you said we could be worthy. This guy's not born again. Jesus had died on the cross and rose from the grave, okay? His sin is still accredited to his life. So that's why the centurion says that. Let's get dispensations right. I mean, that's one of the most gross malpractices of, of, of Scripture is that people go into a covenant or a dispensation and act like that's what's happening in this one. We are to interpret the Old Testament in light of the New When Jesus walked on the earth, he's not yet laid down his life. He came back for a few days, yes. But the centurion's encounter with Jesus was prior to him having a capacity to be born again. But he could be righteous by doing what God said. Okay? Okay, so the centurion says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but only speak a What's he saying? I don't even see you. I don't even need to see you. Oh, I wish the Lord would come and fix this situation. You know what he would, I can tell you what he's saying. I'd tell you exactly what he says the minute you say that. He says, I am there. I'm in you. I gave you my spirit. All you got to do now is talk to the spirit by reading the word and find out what I say about this situation. And when you hear what the spirit says, he's not talking on his own. He heard it from me while I'm up here in heaven. And if you'll actually do exactly what I said, then it'll turn out that way. This is why the Bible says we are to have great confidence. I mean, when you're legal with God, meaning you know the right, you know what the king has said, I mean, you're like, it's got to be this way. You're like, get out of my house, right? Don't touch my wife. You hear what I'm saying? You're like, you've messed with the wrong, I, let's call the law. Well, I mean, there's no problem. I'm right. There's confidence there. Right? So, put that back up. I just waited for y'all to turn it off so I could make you do it again. Uh, uh, The centurion said, lo, right? Okay, he goes on and says, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. What did he say would happen if he spoke the word? Just speak the word and my servant be healed. Which means, if you'll say my servant is is healed, then it will happen. He didn't debate Jesus about that. Why? Because the next verse, for I also am a man under authority. The first thing you recognize about Jesus is you're submitted to the Father. I'm submitted myself to someone over me. And here's what I know. When they tell me to do something, this ain't like debatable. This is like you don't do it, you die. Oh, this is what I love about the centurion. He knew if I disobeyed order, they'll kill me. And if we would get this thought, if we disobey the authority of, of Jesus, it, it, in essence, brings death to us. Now, it doesn't physically kill us right then, but in essence, we're saying, we don't want life, we're going to choose another option, and death shows up. But when you stay with the authority of God's word, then life will show up. And he goes on and says, look, when I tell my servant to go, he goes. And when I tell him to come, he comes. When I tell him to do this, he does it. So basically just, and, and Jesus marvels says, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in all of Israel. Because this man recognizes authority. 
So I recognize the authority of God's word. I recognize what God says. And I know that any situation I'll ever encounter in life, if I'll go to the word and I seek him, I'm guaranteed. This ain't like, maybe I'll know. I mean, because God's not a man that he should lie. He is the king. And the king has put out this order. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He said, ask, and you will receive. Well, I hadn't heard yet. You got to keep on asking. Seek, and you'll find. Well, you know what? He ain't showed me nothing yet. Keep seeking. You are not doing your part, because God will do his part. Knock. And, well, you know, the Lord shut that door on me. Did he or did the devil? Because I'm going to know if a door shuts or not. And I'll know if it's God. Because if I ask, seek, and knock, I get exactly what he said he'd give. So we must... Understand that God says, I hold all authority, heaven and where you're at. And because you're my child, if you'll hear me by my spirit, by the Holy Ghost I placed in you, as you read my word and speak my word, then whatever I instruct you to do, it will be that way. Don't ever let go. That's why Jesus rebuked his disciples. It didn't sound like, you know, some messaging that we get today. Jesus is sleeping. Disciples think they're going to die. Because Jesus told them before they got in the boat, right? He said, now let's go to the other side. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm closing with this, all right? Usher, stand up. Come on down. We'll make some, we'll go a little quicker. And, um, and so he's sleeping, and they're fighting the winds and waves, man. They've already heard Jesus go to the other side. That's why they're going in the first place. He spoke it. He said it, right? And they're like working this thing, and then finally they're like, we're going to die. It ain't going to work. You better wake up Jesus. You know, because we don't want him to die and not know that he was dying. Right? Jesus, basically, they were upset. They, they, really, they were shocked he was sleeping because it was so rough. Right. You know, aren't you concerned we're going to die? They said that. Jesus got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and then says, man, I, you guys are so awesome. I'm so glad we're a team. I'm so glad we come together. Now, I want you to know that sometimes in life, you know, I'm going to put you in situations and you can't do anything about it. So you just make sure you come and call on me. And I may seem like that I'm not interested and that I don't care about you. But notice, the minute you came and cried out and told me you were in, in dire straits about to die, my gosh, you saw me. I stood up and came to your defense. Man, I love you guys. And you're going to do great things. Now we're at the other side, so let's get out of the boat. He didn't say that. No, he rebuked the winds and waves. Then he turns around to the disciple and he says, why don't you have any faith? Why were you afraid? I'm telling you, there's some ministries now. There's people now that couldn't handle that. Why, why didn't he just say, God, I'm king. You can't do it anyway. Why didn't he say that? No, he said, why were you afraid? Why didn't you have any faith? He rebuked them. In essence, he said, I gave you a word. It didn't matter what showed up. You had enough faith in you to get to the other side. You should have never woke me up.
God is not, <laughs> listen, we are, it's like we're trying to wake God up to do something in our nation. God's trying to wake us up. I gave you authority. Now use it. But it's easier, honestly, I get it. It's easier to take no responsibility and go through life and let it give you what it has and at least say, man, when I die, I go to heaven. But I'm telling you, when you stand before the king one day and he plays out your life, you'll be like, I could have done that. Yeah, you could have. I could have stood against that. Yeah, you could have. I could have not died that way. Yeah, yeah, you could have. You just didn't believe. You just didn't see. And it's time for the church to rise in their authority. It's time for us to just believe. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. We're excited to let you know that all five of our current titles in the Anchor Faith Library are now available on ebook. This includes The Forest, Cows, Crows, and Constellations, and Vision Beyond Sight by Pastor Earl, Cool of the Day by Pastor Marcy, and Lift the Room by Pastor Marcus. You can find any of these ebooks on Amazon Kindle, the Apple Bookstore, or Nook by Barnes & Noble. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.